Alrighty, hello friends and welcome into this newest edition of Talking Sports at Work Home Edition. I am Derek Persley and you know, uh, this whole video thing is, is still kind of new to me. I'm learning how to do it. And some of you may be seeing this for the first time. Well, hopefully lots of you are seeing this for the first time. Um, starting a YouTube channel now. This is also going to be available on uh, on the podcast, which you can find uh, now available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and and I think I got it on most of the platforms. It started on Spotify, so you, know, you can always find it on there, as well as now this new YouTube channel, which is... Um, talking sports at work you know just go to youtube search it up tell your friends about it too because hell i need the attention but anyway i want to thank everyone for listening in um this is probably going to be a quick episode because i actually i recorded an episode on tuesday and for those of you who are familiar with the program i normally uh i, I drive to my route my my work route and um on the way it takes me you know a little over an hour to get there so i i do uh, most of an episode in the morning on the way there and then i close it out in the evening well on tuesday for whatever reason i just didn't close out the episode so i've got like this whole episode sitting on my phone that is not finished um so i i'm just going to probably recover some of that stuff really quickly um some of it kind of you know it's been two days now and the way the news is and the way the sports world is it just feels like kind of old news now but uh we'll quickly go over i've got got some notes here uh the the biggest thing i think right now is the upcoming uh nfl week 18 well week 19 now right no yeah week 18. it gets confusing now because there's 17 games and that's weird um but this is a very, very meaningful and interesting week 18 coming up. It seems like it's a lot. There are a lot more meaningful games than there normally are in the final week of the season. Um, of course, for my Titans, it's the the best thing that can happen is we lose. Um, and, you know, that's going to suck because if we lose, we're allowing a division rival, the same division rival who beat us at the end of last year and took the division from us in that final game. Um, after just an epic collapse over the last seven games. But, you know, if we lose that game, we let the Jaguars in. Now, there's still a, a chance that they would be in anyway, but if they win, they are in. That's it. Um, but it's more important that we lose, honestly, just for us. Um, right now, the the draft standings, we are sitting at seventh. Um, I saw a Bleacher Report mock draft, and that had us still getting uh, Olu Fashionu from Penn State, which I just recently learned. That's how you actually pronounce his name. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, though. At seven, I don't think we get him. Um, I know a lot of teams are going to be looking for quarterbacks. Um, let me look at the current draft order, matter of fact. Um, but uh, from what I, from what it seems, the Bears are starting to be happier with Justin Fields. Um, and so it, the more teams ahead of us that take quarterbacks, the better, really, because that's meaning they're not taking left tackles. Now, there are two blue chip left tackles in in this uh draft and i know i've gotten off topic already but just quickly there are two guys it's it's fashion new and it's joe alt and it's kind of like it feels like there's clearly one a but joe alt is a is a really solid one b so honestly if we get either one of those guys i'm gonna be happy so just looking at it right now the way it looks the bears are at number one if that well that's that's how it's gonna go um, that I think they pretty much, yeah, they clinched the number one pick because of the Panthers loss. Um, so, but right now it, it seems like they're going to roll with Justin Fields. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. 
I mean, I know that they're hoping he's going to become Jalen Hurts, but I just, I don't know, man. There there are a lot of options on the table for them right now. If it were me, and again, I don't know the Bears as well as I know the Titans or anything else. I feel like number one pick only comes around very, 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 very rarely. If it's me, I'm probably taking Caleb Williams or depending on how things go in the, in the combine and the, uh, the pro days and whatever, maybe Drake may, but I'm probably taking one of those guys if it's me, because you just don't get the number one overall pick very often. Um, and Jalen, or uh, excuse me, uh, Justin Fields, I actually liked him in the draft, in his draft. I thought he was the second best quarterback in that draft, but he has just not lived up to it so far. Um, and he's had, you know, he hasn't had a, a long, but he, he's had, what, three years now? And you're still unsure about him? In my experience, recent experience with a guy named Mariota, if you still don't know by that point, he's probably not your guy. So if it's me, I'm I'm taking a quarterback, but it seems like they are the the momentum is is heading towards them keeping fields. Uh, currently, Washington is sitting at number two. They will take a quarterback. Um, Patriots, same thing at number three. Now the interesting thing is, if the Bears do decide to stick with Fields, they're probably going to trade back, right? I mean, you could trade back with the Patriots, allow them to jump the Commanders and get uh, Caleb Williams, I guess. And then you could still get Marvin Harrison Jr. there at three. That would be the ideal scenario, I think, for them if they do want to keep fields. Uh, But either way, you look at those top three picks, one way or another, two quarterbacks are coming off the board there. Um, And then Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the third. So those three picks, you know, and and there's a lot that's going to change between now and April. But right now, that's the way it looks. Those three picks are in some order going to be uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Now you've got the Cardinals currently sitting at fourth. I think we have the same record as them. No, they're, they're at four wins and we're at five right now. Um, my ex-wife just called and then hang, hung up. It might have been an accident. Um, or I may have to pause briefly. But um, what was I saying? Oh, the uh, the Cardinal. The the reason that that's important is because they she has my kids tonight, and uh, we usually Facetime every night. I talked to them earlier on the way back, but we haven't done our Facetime yet. What time is it? Yeah, we probably need to do that. Uh, but I'll pause here in a little bit. Um, and that's also the reason why I'm getting the opportunity to do a video episode tonight is because she has the kids. Um, but anyway, back to what we we're talking about. Cardinals seems like they're they're currently saying that they're sticking with Kyler. So right there that's probably going to be, I don't know, another receiver. They've got their right tackle, I think, at Paris Campbell. I don't know who they've got at left tackle, but looking at it here, it doesn't list tackle as their needs, and it's got five things listed. So, you know, maybe still available there. Now, here are the Giants at fifth. Now, they do have the same record as us. The Giants, Chargers, and Titans, we all have the same record at five wins, 11 losses. Uh, but currently we're the last of those. And I assume it's because we beat the Chargers earlier in the season. Um, and the Gi- Giants must just have a weak strength of record or whatever. Um, they are the team that I, they I saw a mock draft that had them taking fashion. That doesn't make any sense to me. They've got Andrew Thomas on the left side. They don't need a left tackle. Excuse me, but they might end up taking a, a right tackle. And maybe Joe Alt could be that. I don't know. Anyway, then you go to the Chargers. They also don't need a left tackle. So, I mean, it's possible. Even if we end up at seven, we could still get our pick of one of those guys. But 
It just feels like, you know, both of those are currently rated in the top five picks or the top five prospects in pretty much anything you look at. You know, you've got Marvin Harrison, uh, you've got uh, Fashionu and Joe Alton. This is not in order. Uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Brock Bowers. It feels like those are the guys in this draft. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we got to hope that that's the way it shakes out. Now, anyway, back to what we were talking about. Um Hopefully the Titans lose. Of course, it's impossible to root for your team to lose. And I don't know if Will Levis is going to play. Um, it feels unlikely at this point. Um, but really, the only thing that matters is his development at this point and that we get a better draft spot. Um, but looking at the schedule, we've got – oh, shit, where did I put that? Okay, schedule. We have – crap, I did it again. So, uh, Saturday, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, that is a meaningful game for Pittsburgh. They need to win to continue to have a chance. Right now, they're not in that team, but they, they have the same record as some of the other teams. I think they're 9-7, and seven, as are the Colts and the Texans and the Jaguars. Um, so, if they win, they'll have a good chance. Um, but And Baltimore is going to be resting players because they've already secured the number one spot. So, that's a likely win for Pittsburgh. Um, also, oh, was that also on Saturday? I didn't realize that. Yeah, they've got two games. So the two games that really matter, um, the Colts and Texans, the winner of that is probably going to be in at least as a wild card. And if we end up beating the Jaguars, the winner of that game is going to win the AFC South. Um, hopefully that won't happen. Okay, guys, I do have to pause really quickly. Actually, you know what? Hello. Hi, baby. Hey, look what I'm doing right now. Do you want to say hi to people? Wait, are you naked? <laughs> Never mind. You just got out of the shower. Hi, baby. All right, friends. I'm going to pause for just one second and uh, talk to my babies. I'll be right back. All right, friends. Back again. Sorry about the interruption there. Um, I, They keep asking to be on, and I keep not really being able to do it because I can't really do this when they're around. So I'm going to try to find a time um when they come back they're going to be with her tonight and tomorrow and then they'll be back here on saturday so we'll try to find a time saturday where maybe they can do like a little short video or something um i was going to show you guys the today but they were in the shower getting out of the shower my baby girl had just gotten out and jackie was getting in um so yeah didn't want to show you my naked babies anyway um let's see what we were talking about this is a cool thing I've, i'm still as you guys know learning how this works but i just i'm i'm seeing this uh this video editor tool on this program that i'm using which is the riverside program i guess it's uh, anyway but it's got like an ai tool that it it very clearly like did subtitles as well as like it broke things into segments and that's really cool. And I figured out that I think I can add this now to that and not have to do separate videos. Cause that's what I was really worried about. Anyway, um, where were we? Let's see. It's got option analyzing draft needs, the importance of the draft spot and brief interruption. So anyway, um, yeah, I think the last thing we were talking about is the, the playoff scenarios. Um, so, yeah, we talked about that. Um, the Buccaneers are playing the Panthers. As long as they win that, I think they win the a the NFC South. So that's going to be a big one. Uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati is a meaningless game for Cleveland, but Cincinnati still has a slight chance of getting in. Let's see. They da -da 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 -da. They're uh, actually, no, they're eliminated. Uh, so, yeah, that's a meaningless game, I guess. Um, Detroit and Minnesota. I think Detroit spot's already locked up. So it, Minnesota's still in the hunt, though. Um, the Jets in New England, that's just a game for draft position. 
Um, the Falcons are playing the Saints now. That's a similar situation, I think, as what we have in the AFC South, where if the Buccaneers lose to the Panthers, then the winner of that game would end up in the playoffs and, you know, get that spot. Um, Seattle, Arizona, Chicago, and Green Bay. Actually, both of those teams are surprisingly still in the playoff hunt, I think. Um, wait, no, no, the Bears are actually eliminated. Um, the Packers currently do hold the seventh spot. So if they win, they are in. Um, the Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, and Falcons are the other ones still on the bubble there. Um, so yeah, and then the Eagles, I don't know what's going on with them, man, but they are in trouble. Uh, they're traveling to New York. Maybe they can, I don't know if they'll try to use that game as a get right game because the, the NFC East is still up for grabs as well um cowboys if they they're currently sitting in that spot where if they beat washington they take the division but if not then the eagles win and in new york and they got it um and then a really really big one the battle for the afc east uh buffalo and miami and for those i for those of you who've listened to the show this season you know i have been telling you all along do not count out the bills Everybody has been very, very quick to like just cast them out, call them a dumpster fire, call them a, you know, a, a Italian, just, you know, think, thinking that they're a wreck. And honestly, I, it seems like they, the team themselves, have been too quick to panic with the players only meeting and firing the offensive coordinator and the things that they did. And I said, I've been saying all along, look, this team, if they get right, they are still one of the best teams in football. They are still one of the most talented teams. They've still got one of the best quarterbacks. Watch out for Buffalo. I think they are going to beat Miami. I don't know what the line is on that one, but I think they're going to beat Miami, and then they'll get at least the one home game, and Miami will end up in the sixth spot. So that'll be my uh, my talk on the NFL. Again, I'm going to try to keep this one relatively short. So I'll uh, I'll let me see. Is there anything else I wanted to touch on? Just really quick, how about Joe Flacco, man? That is so cool. And I heard on the radio earlier today, someone had said that if he manages to get the Browns to the Super Bowl this year, then he's a Hall of Famer. And honestly, I completely agree with that um, because he will then have two Super Bowls, one Super Bowl, at least one Super Bowl MVP, one of the best playoff performances any quarterback has ever had with the Ravens all those years ago. Um, and now to come back at where he was just a free agent, just on the couch in the middle of the season. And he comes back and it's like, he is the perfect missing piece, the perfect orchestrator point guard, whatever for this offense. And they already have a top one or two defense in the, in the NFL. Now I'm watching them with Joe Flacco. They look like a top five offense as well. This team can actually get to the Super Bowl. Um, and man, that that's just an amazing story for him. Now, do I think that they are going to probably not? Cause it feels like eventually they're going to run into somebody and he's going to come back down to earth. But I don't know, man, with that defense and the way that that offense is just rolling now, watch out for Cleveland as well. Um, so anyway, I am going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. All righty, friends, welcome back. And there's Itchy in the background, rolling around like a crazy dog. Um, so, um, I, again, just going to keep this brief and talk about, I guess, what's on my mind right now. Because I, I am, the, the plan is, I think, to eventually sort of shift over to doing more video episodes. And that's, you know, for those of you seeing it on, on the YouTube channel, I, I guess that's all you're seeing. I need a haircut, dude. I'm, 
really need a haircut. Um, I just gotten out of the shower shortly before I started recording, so you guys have kind of watched my hair dry now. Um, anyway, but what I've what I've been thinking about is, man, after seeing that performance in the Citrus Bowl, how can you not be excited about the the Vols next season? I mean, and I know that there was already a good deal of hype surrounding Nico, and I was fully, you know, buying into that. And it's only going to get much, much more, much bigger, much more hypier, excuse me, following that performance. Um, now, I'll admit, there he was not perfect, but he looked like, you know, a freshman, looked like an elite freshman out there. There were a couple, handful of instances where I felt like he could have kept his eyes downfield and, and maybe he took off running too early. But even on those in those cases, he got positive yards out of it and didn't risk, you know, a bad throw and a turnover or something. I mean, he was just great. And Another full offseason with the offense being the guy with Josh Heupel, and that is going to be something. And that receiving core is going to be friggin' stacked as well. Brew McCoy is coming back. We just found out. He announced that, I think, on Tuesday. Um, Squirrel White's going to be coming back. Uh, Nimrod and uh, the Web are continuing to get better. We're adding five-star Mike Matthews, four-star uh, Staley, and we're getting the four four-star uh, transfer from, I think, Tulane, who is apparently a, a really good player. So, man, that receiving group is going to be stacked. Um, the running back group, honestly, that's the only area that I feel like uh, maybe a tiny bit concerned about, and that's just because it was so good this year. I mean, there was this was the best running back stable in the country, and and I get it. None of them were on that elite top top tier level, but the three of those guys, nobody in the country had a group of running backs like that, and they were just so interchangeable, and they all had a complete skill set of a modern three down running back. So, and that's important in this offense because it's so fast paced that you want a running back that you can just put in and he can play the whole drive. He can be out there on first down, second down. He can be out there in third down passing situations. And all three of those guys were like that. Now we're losing two of those guys. Um, we're going to see how Samson is taking over as kind of the lead back. And so far he looks like he can handle it. He was a touchdown machine this year. Um, but also that other one that came in, Selden, and he was super impressive. The only thing though was he looked more like a big, like, thumper-type running back. And I, I don't know what his, you know, if he's going to be as good as, like, a, a third-down back. I don't know. I mean, this was the first time we'd really gotten to see much of him. So, you know, we'll, we still got a lot to learn. But we're bringing in uh, another good recruit, Peyton Lewis, four-star recruit as a freshman, also probably might get, you know, some playing time out there. So it's probably going to be good. But it feels like that's the one position group on the offense where we might take a slight step back because the entire offensive line, I think, is coming back as well. Um, so that group is going to be as good, if not better, with another year of experience. The receivers are going to be better with a healthy Brew McCoy and that transfer and a more experience for all those guys. And now you've got an elite superstar quarterback running the show. And, man, how can you not be excited about what's going on on Rocky Top this year? Um so I think I'm probably going to go ahead and just really quickly thoughts on uh, the playoff games because 
And it was just so, first of all, it was so disappointing to see what happened with Florida State. And, you know, it feels like they should have taken, and, and again, it's hard to criticize, I've talked about this before, it's hard to criticize the kids that want to make this decision for their future, not risk getting injured, not risk having something bad happen that's going to define the rest of their lives that could hurt their draft stock and hurt their chances. But at the same time, you'd think that, you know, getting getting just boned the way they did, going 13-0, and winning a Power 5 conference, and not getting in, you'd think that they would want to, like, st- take that opportunity because facing Georgia, Georgia's probably still the best team in the country. They just had it, you know, they, they slipped up against Alabama. So you have this great opportunity now presented to you to, pr- to prove, hey, we belong there. Instead, you know, half the team opted out and they lose 63 to three. I think it was, that was just so disappointing. And it brought up this whole conversation I watched on college game day about, uh, should we just eliminate the bowls now that we're going to have the 12 team playoff? And, you know, there's a lot to that. I don't, I think Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet's the one who said that. And I really like Kirk. And I almost wonder if he was saying it kind of facetiously. I I don't even know if I'm using that word right. But I mean, it it, it seemed like, excuse me, I, it, I get it. I mean, we're not watching most of these bowls. I'm not watching most of these bowls, and I'm a big football fan, but these bowls do mean something. Not every team. In fact, there are a hundred teams out there that go into every season knowing we don't have a real shot at a play at the playoffs or a national championship. So these bowls mean something to all of them, especially to the smaller schools, and, you know, they're, they're still meaningful. I think maybe one way – because the real problem that everybody's talking about is how do you keep them competitive? How do you prevent these opt-outs? It feels to me like there's a pretty decent solution available, and the NBA actually came up with it. And what they're doing, what Adam Silver are doing with that in-season tournament, where, you know, who would care about an in-season tournament in the NBA? Well, let's give a cash prize to the players who win a significant amount of money. Well, now it becomes a little bit more interesting and guys want to win a little bit more. Why not do that with the bowls, right? I know you can't afford for it to be a large amount with every bowl game, but now the NIL is in place and now that we're not preventing these kids from making money off of the billions that are being raked in by the sport, um, why not just have a little bit of, you know, revenue share for that, you know, for the smaller bowls, have each winning team get, uh, I don't know, 500 bucks. And for the bigger bowls, you know, a higher amount. I don't know. It's just an idea. And I know that all the bowls and all the suits and everybody would be totally resistant to that and would never want to do it, but it's an idea. If you really do want to keep these bowls and you really do want to make sure that they are still competitive, there's a, there's a possible solution for you. I'm sure there are lots of elements I don't understand and red tape and bureaucracy and whatever to that, but it just seems like that there's a way they could make that work. Um, anyway, so talking about the games that actually did happen and did matter, I lost some money on Alabama, man, and it feels like they gave that game away. Michigan was good. Their, their defensive front was elite. That, to me, was the most impressive part of the game for Michigan was the way that front just kept getting after Milrow. And that's an NFL offensive line that Alabama has. Um, but it felt like, you know, just bad snaps, tur- the turnover by Milrow, just m- stupid, really, really costly penalties. It felt like Alabama gave that one away. And I actually had a parlay with Tennessee on the spread because it was five and a half and Alabama on the money line. I had two of the same, actually. I made two bets that were the same. I ca- I got cold feet, and I cashed out one of them after Tennessee won. So then I ended up not really losing that much when Alabama lost. But still, it would have been a big win if they had won. And, 
honestly, I feel like I said, it feels like they gave that game away. Um, sorry, just got a notification on my phone. And then, um, I'll be honest, I didn't. I I watched a good bit of the first half of Washington and Texas, but that game didn't start till nine after nine o'clock. I'm sorry, dude. I'm 37. I've got three kids. I don't give that much of a shit. I'm not staying awake that much. But I did hear about it. I did see some of the highlights afterwards, and I'm not surprised because I have been saying for the last several weeks. I'm not betting against Washington anymore. I made that mistake betting against them when they played Oregon. I'm not making that mistake anymore, and I'm not doing it against Michigan either. I kind of thought Michigan would be a, a little bit bigger favorite. They're four and a half last I saw. I kind of felt like they might be like a six, six and a half point favorite, and I was hoping that that would be the case because I was going to take Washington. Um, Michigan is the better team, but – you know, also, I've made my stance clear about that. I don't know how we've just accepted this th- that this team has been cheating for the last three years, and now you're just letting them play for the national championship. And I get it. Harbaugh probably didn't know the specifics of what was going on. I don't know why they singled him out for the blame on all this. I actually like Jim Harbaugh. I like both Harbaugh's, and I think he's going to be great in the NFL, hopefully for the Chargers next year, because, man, that that's where they should be going, by the way. They should be putting every egg into the Jim Harbaugh basket. I don't know why people were talking about Belichick for the Chargers. That's where they should be going. Pay, give Justin Herbert a guy like that, and, man. But anyway, um, Michigan and Washington coming up, I think, on Monday. We've got a lot of meaningful NFL football this weekend, a lot to look forward to. Um, I'm not sure if I'll get a chance to do another full podcast or another full video episode. I mean, you guys know my life is chaotic. I work 50 hours a week. Well, actually, now that Christmas is over, I'm probably not going to be working quite that much, but I work a lot. I also am still in school finishing my creative writing degree. I've got three kids that we have joint custody. I, you know, so we'll see. But I am trying to prioritize this now in the new year. I'm branching it out to new uh, platforms and stuff and trying to uh, make, make it more of a priority, you know, and try to really do something with this. So I hope I hope it works out. You guys know. I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I appreciate it. If you are listening and watching, tell your friends about it. Send the link. Share the link. I appreciate it. And uh, if you have feedback, don't be afraid to give it to me. I mean – Comment on here, uh, like it, subscribe, all that stuff that people say. Um, If you have feedback, please provide it. If you know me, hell, text me and tell me what you think. Also, tell me what you think of the mustache because I'm so-so on it. I got a new beard trimmer, and I can't get the length right. Like On my old one, it had like this perfect length where I could get the stubble just right now. I can't with the the guards on this one, so I'm just trying the full-on mustache. Let me know what you think about that. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for everything. I love you, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.